Hello, ako si Descavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Rappler Podcast episode kung saan nihimayin natin ang mga maiinit at mahalagang isyu sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Rappler's News Break, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, tatalakayin natin ang walang katapusang paggamit ng self-defense o nanlaban na naratibo ng mga pulis. Paano ba dapat i-handle ang mga insidente kung saan nanlaban di umano ang target? Bakit napakadaling tanggapin ng mga opisyal ang rason na ito sa mga violent operations? Kasama ko ngayon sila Raptor Reporters Rambo Talabong at Lian Buan para himayinan ng laban defense ng mga pulis. Hi Rambo and Lian, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation, Judas. Thanks you for the invitation, Judas, as usual. My first question goes to Rambo. Uh, Rambo, can you give us like a brief background on Paano ba parang nag-came to be yung nanlaban narrative ng mga police in the context of Duterte's drug war? Uh, siguro, if you look at the history of the BNP, at least in recent history, uh, dito ba sa drug war ni Duterte, naging mas pre- uh, prevalent yung paggamit ng drug war as an excuse for the violence for the dead bodies after every operation? Yes, precisely, Jodes. I mean... Before 2016, before Duterte became president, I mean, kung tinanong mo ang tao na ibig sabihin ng nanlaban, hindi nila alam. Pero kahit sinong tanawin mo ngayon sa Pilipinas, diba? ano ibig sabihin ng nanlaban? Kung uh-huh. nagpapasok sa isip nila, ay drug war ni Duterte, diba? Kasi paulit-ulit talagang sinasabi yan at nasa national consciousness na. At nasa ano, household vocabulary na ng mga tao nanlaban. Minsan, um, pinagbibiruan pa ng tao nanlaban kung sumagot ka lang sa kaibigan eh. So talagang talamak na talagang paggamit ng nanlaban. At ito'y dahil talaga sa kampanya Ipangulo Duterte sa war on drugs na karamihan talaga ng mga tao na papatay o halos lahat talaga, sinasabi na nanlaban sila. Sila ay lumaban sa pulis, sila ay bumaril, sila ay sumubok lang sa kasakri ng pulis at saka nagkaroon ng violent intention. Meron daw intention to, to kill the policemen. And I mean, it's not a novel concept, Judes. Bago pa nag-assume si President Duterte ng presidency, ginagamit na ng pulis dati pa as in to nanlaban phrase na ito. Pero hindi kasing dami na ngayon. Kasi ngayon, libo-libo talaga. Libo-libong kaso. Kaya libo-libong napapatay. Libo-libong pagbabanggit ng salitang nanlaban. Kaya uh-huh. nandito na rin siya sa ating daily lexicon, sa ating pagsasalita. Pero ayun nga, kailangan ko rin i-emphasize na dati pa lang, ginagamit na itong excuse, itong nanlaban. Nung mayor pa lang si President Duterte sa Davao, marami uh-huh. ng nanlaban kayo sa Davao. Um, it's just that at this scale right now, it's a national scale, it's a national policy So you have nanlaban finally entering our consciousness and the practice of the Philippine National Police. Yeah. And like, I know you've been covering the police for like almost three years now, four years. And then also, you've come across several spot reports, police reports na you read after operations. Siguro just a brief lang, siguro or just lang. Paano ba describe mga police ang isang nanlaban incident? Mm-hmm. Lagi nilang sinasabi, I guess a phrase that they always tell me and all reporters, even in press conferences, lagi nilang sinasabi, iba talaga kung nandun ka na sa bakbakan eh. Lagi sinasabi nila, iba kung nandun ka talaga, kung may bari lang na. Hindi nila kinekwento kung ano ba nangyayari, pero sinasabi nila, iba talaga kung nandun ka na eh. Parang meron silang, akala mo ba parang pinuntahan silang lugar na hindi na pumuntahan ng iba? Siyempre, hindi naman lahat nasa anti-drugs operation, pero there's this, feeling and presentation that it's it's a sacred experience. It's something that they only understand. And usually, sinasabi lang nila, talagang merong intent to kill them. Kahit na halimbawa, hindi talaga sila nababaril, ng, hindi sila napapatay masyado. I mean, meron dozens of policemen who have died in 
operations. Pero yung kanilang mga reaction, sinasabi nila, hala, nandiyan na talaga yung baril, kinilang ko talaga yung baril. As in, may reflex na lang daw talaga silang Uh-oh. patayin yung drug suspect, patayin. At saka, um, kung nandun ka na nga daw, wala ka na ibang magagawa. Hindi mo yeah. maintindihan. Kasi reporter ka lang, yung nasasabihin sa akin. Pero kung nandun ka na raw, kailangan nilang barilin yung kalaban para hindi sila ang mamatay. Yeah. And of course, uh, excuse nila lagi na kailangan nilang self-defense parang to preserve their lives. Pero, base ba sa protocols ng mga police din? Ano ba dapat yung ginagawa pagkatapos ng isang operasyon na kung saan sabi nila kaya marami na matay dahil nanlaban daw yung mga targets? Ano ba dapat yung first steps na tinitake ng mga police officers after uh, such operations? I think Judas first kailangan natin emphasize ko ano ba yung before at saka yung actually um, encountering someone. Kailangan natin emphasize na meron talagang dapat maximum tolerance ang police. Kung hindi kung pwede nilang i-disable lang, hindi patayin, dapat disable lang. Pwede hmm. nga, as in less than the violence as much as possible. Pero yun nga, babalik sa kanilang reason na kung nandun ka na nga, wala ka ng choice kung papatay mo sila. Pero yung, yung tanong mo, anong gagawin pagkatapos? Secure the crime scene. Dapat maayos yung presentation ng, ng katawan. Hindi siya, ano, hahawakan ng police. Hindi dapat itatamper yung evidence, dapat ma, ma, maayos yung documentation at hintayin yung soko para i-process yung crime scene. That's, mm-hmm. Those are things na kailangan talaga palaging gawin ng police. And of course, contact the police station. And beforehand, kailangan din may coordination sa PIDEA. And then dito siguro mas makakapagsalita sa DN, kailangan may coordination sa prosecutor para sa sa kanilang pag, um, pag, uh, pagsasampan ng kaso. Kasi nga, itong mga gantong kaso, kinakasuhan pa nila kahit patay na. Kasi meron silang sa suspicion na kanoon sila talagang drug case at saka talagang sinubukan daw nila manlaban. Diret-diret siya pa rin dito, lagi itong ginagawa ng police kahit na ngayong pandemic talagang meron pa rin anti-drug operations at diret-diret siya pa rin. Hindi ko alam kung paano naka-affect yung COVID protocols pero yung mismong operations tuloy pa at marami pa rin tayo nababalitaan na nanlaban daw. So are these protocols being followed ba from the operations that you monitored on the ground? Like, uh, itong mga minention mo, mga steps na seems to be marami, marami layers, pero it's important to to make sure na maayos yung proseso. Do you think these are being followed? Like, from what you know? The thing that's difficult here, Jades, is that unlike the first few months of the Duterte administration, right now, they're not open to media, tagging along, or people even being witnesses in the crime scene of what happened, yeah. talagang kaunting-kaunti lang yung kanilang pinapakita at wala talaga. Usually, talagang report nila yung mga karating sa atin, kaya palaging, ano na lang, by imagination. Kaya yung mga tao na nakaka-witness, yung mga CCTV footage na lumalabas, katulad nung nangyari halimbawa kay Kian de los Santos, yun yung mga malalaking kaso mm-hmm. na nagpapakita na maybe there's more, much more to it than what they're telling us. And probably, as even Senator Ronald Bato de la Rosa, who was former police chief, alam niya may rotten eggs sa PNP. Talagang yeah. hindi siya nasusunod. At hindi ito limited lang sa Police Manila. Marami rin case documented sa iba't ibang bahagi ng Pilipinas. Meron tayo sa Cebu Bureau and meron talaga silang documented cases din kung saan ang mga police ay questionable yung kanilang pag-operate, pag, pag, uh, anti-drug operations. Oo. So, from what you said kanina na may mga batas, may mga protocols na sinusunod, and you said nga na it's hard for the media, for families even, to see kung talaga ba nanlaban yung mga targets, yung mga namatay. Yes. Uh, so, Lian, from the lens of the law, if a suspect ends up dead after allegedly fighting back, sabi nanlaban, sabi mga police, they have no choice but to kill kasi gusto nilang ilita sarili nila, can this claim be challenged before a court? Uh, paano ba ito nabi-play out pag ganyan na gusto nilang 
uh, pamilya na i-contest yung sinabi niyang police and uh, ano ba yung mga dapat malaman ng mga tao regarding this process sa court side ng uh, pagdetermine ng mga nanlaban incidents okay so first thing we must um, understand is that the police the police manual says kapag um you can use force or you can use your gun if there's a real and imminent threat to your life. So, yun yung word, yung real and imminent. And of course, that is something that can be challenged in court. The problem is, paano makakarating sa korte? That's really the, the, the root of the problem. Eh, hindi naman dumarating sa korte yung mga kasong to. There's a DOJ circular and... Um, that DOJ circular says, whenever a dead body is found and there's reason to believe that the death resulted from foul play, um, a prosecutor must, must rush to the crime scene. Ideally, kung masusunod yung circular na yan, lahat ng nanlaban na case makakarating sa prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, but we know that didn't happen and it's not happening. Konting-konti lang yung nakakarating sa prosecutor. We asked the DOJ that na parang, oh, dapat pala laging nagka-crime scene, nagpumupunta sa crime scene ng prosecutor. So, bakit ang daming hindi nakakarating sa prosecutor? Two things. Una, ang konti ng prosecutor, kapag lahat sila papapuntahin mo sa crime scene, wala nang maiiwan sa opisina. But then, sabi ng mga human rights lawyers, that's not really an excuse. Kasi if your circular says you must rush the crime scene, dapat walang excuse dapat pupunta ka doon. Another explanation is ito kasi yung wording of the circular. Whenever a dead body is found and there is reason to believe that the death resulted from foul play or from the unlawful acts or omissions of other persons mm. and such fact has been brought to his attention, the prosecutor must rush to the crime scene. Una, is there a reason to believe that the death resulted from foul play? Diba laging ang police operation may presumption of regularity. Hmm. So pwedeng sabihin ng prosecutor, we didn't have reason to believe that it resulted from foul play kasi there's a presumption of regularity eh, in the police operations. Pangalawa, this 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 ano this term, such fact has been brought to his attention. So dapat sinabi, tinawag ng police sa prosecutor mm-hmm. na may nangyari. Ganun. This was the explanation to us ng DOJ, kung maaalala nyo, noong 2018 when we did our report yeah. of how thousands of um, drug war deaths were left unsolved. So, ang problema, eh, hindi naman sinasabi sa kanila ng mga police. And this is precisely why the DOJ created a drug war review panel. Kasi mm-hmm. so many cases fell into the cracks na hindi man lang nakarating sa prosecutor. Mayon, um, all this discussion of whether may presumption ba of regularity, ganyan-ganyan, there's a good, there's a, there's a big part of the human, of, of the legal profession, mostly human rights lawyers, who will tell you that kapag may namatay, whether it's a, from a police operation or kahit sabihin natin yung namatay, yun yung masamang tao, he's the evil one. Kapag may namatay, kapag may body, that's already ripe for 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 a case because mm-hmm. nanlaban is a legal defense so you have to prove it in court so don don mo na ipo-prove kung ah kasi there was a real imminent threat on my life that's yeah. why i had to kill him ganun so yes it's a legal defense but the problem has always been 
hindi kasi sila nakakarating kahit sa fiscal man lang. So, I think I have several questions on that. Follow up ko rin. Uh, una siguro, can you tell me muna siguro Rambo and Lian, whoever is more adept to, to explain this, uh, ano ba yung uh, presumption of regularity? Uh, I've heard it several times sa reporting natin ng drug war. How much does it figure ba? Or how, how much of it is at as parang fault niya kung bakit ang daming mga cases na nag-fall into the cracks. And second, uh, maybe this is for Lian, uh, parang what does this say about the Department of Justice na uh, after lang nila maglabas ng findings sila ng review panel na they saw these things na oh, hindi pala follow yung protocols sa dapat. Hindi ba dapat like uh, uh, first glance dapat followed to? And if hindi follow it, it makes the whole drug war operation uh, against the law or uh, irregular? Mm-hmm. Yung presumption of regularity, that is a long-standing doctrine. Deeply entrenched na sa ating jurisprudence. There's something called a presumption of regularity in the performance of an official duty. So that does not only apply to the police, but any official who's performing an official duty. So even yung mga dinedemandang judges for allegedly irregular um, actions, laging nagkikik in yung presumption of regularity. But mm. jurisprudence would also tell you that presumption of regularity only exists when there is no record that can doubt that there was mm. that it was irregular, that that it was regular or that it was irregular. So in the drug war. If the nanlaban cases were only a minor, minor chunk of the 20,000 killings, siguro mas madaling sikmurain or mas madaling paniwalaan ang presumption of regularity. Sabi natin in the 20,000, ano lang, um, 200, 300, that's a minor chunk. Pero hindi eh, um, Rambo, correct me if I'm wrong, I think umabot na ng 7,000 ang mga namatay sa police um, operation. So, that's correct. So 7,000 out of 20,000, it really makes you think na is, is there still a presumption of regularity? And the Justice Secretary himself said that there's no presumption of regularity because as they found, as the Drug Re- Review Panel has found, the PNP did not follow protocol in half of the nanlaban cases that they have reviewed. Yung second question mo of what does this say about um, the DOJ? Well, yun nga eh, pwede kasi nilang sabihin, eh hindi naman kasi nakakarating sa amin eh. So, yeah. paano namin siya iaano? Pero, naggumawa na nga sila ng drug war review panel. I guess that will be their answer to that question. Um, the, ang follow-up na lang dyan ay pinagkakatiwalaan ba ng human rights sector and most importantly, the families of these victims, yung drug war review panel. So, would you say, Lian and Rambo, Uh, of course, nasabi na recently ni uh, Justice Secretary Guevara na there's no presumption of regularity sa drug war. Will you say it's late? It's a late realization on their part? Siguro, uh, let's, siguro Rambo siguro can answer from the viewpoint of the operations on the ground. And then, Ian, from your cases you follow. I guess it's hard to believe that it's a late realization to this. Five years in, before President Duterte, you know, retires from his position as president, after thousands of killings, after years of us reporting that there are so many killings, saka lang nila aaminin, ah, 
questionable pala yung presence of regularity. Ito palang libu-libo, palang hindi pala lahat sila regular. Eh, ilang beses natin kinaikwento to ilang beses nang umiiyak yung mga pamilya ng mga biktima ng drug war, tapos ngayon yung sasabihin. So, I think upfront sasabihin ko talagang hindi sapat at talagang this is something that they have to reckon with for the rest of their life if, if ever they feel guilty about it. Same answer as Rambo kasi it's not the late realization eh. It's the late effort to come into that realization. They only created the Drug War Review Panel in June 2020. At 2018 pa lang, alam na nila kung na ng limang libo yung nanlaban cases. And 2017 pa lang, namatay na si Kian. Uh-oh. And that case was really um, a pronouncement of baka nagsisinungaling yung mga puli. Even kahit sabihin nilang isa lang to, at the time, alam na nila na pumapalo na sa limang libo yung mga namatay sa anti-drug operations. Why did it take them until June 2020 to say, sige nga, tignan nga natin. Parang sige nga, let's see kung may katotohanan yung sinasabi ng mga pamilyang hindi nanlaban. You also have to look at the timing. So bakit June 2020? Eh kasi nasa stretch na ng investigasyon ng International Criminal Court meron ng pressure from the United Nations Office of the High Commissioner on Human Rights, which came out with a scathing report nga, di ba, na parang nag- nagtatanim pa ng mga barel, yung mga police na mga crime scene. So, that's really the question. Why did it take you until June 2020 to initiate that effort? And the fact that it coincided with those two international mechanisms makes a lot of human rights groups think that you're just trying to evade international scrutiny. Yeah. And I think parang medyo bad, parang if you think about the system that we have now, like siguro, kahit even before the Duterte administration, this kind of system that we have when it comes to accountability and then giving this power to the police na we know maraming bad eggs and di ba nga, walang internal cleansing na sinasabi even before they, parang sinabok, sinubok ko sila agad sa war on drugs without even like, uh, doing an audit on ilan ba yung mga may kaso dyan. So parang it's easy to like to expect na ganito yung mangyayari. Like, bibigyan mo sila ng power na gamitin to ng laban. And of course, we often hear the president saying na, o oh, sige, pumatay ka, pag nagkakaso, ako bahala sa'yo. I, like, di ba sinasabi niya, I, 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 ano, pa-pardon or whatever yung mga police. Uh, yan also, meron na bang kaso na nag uh, umabot sa korte regarding dito sa nanlaban claim ng mga police? Siguro aside from uh, the case of Kian, may mga, may naisip ko ba na aside from that na at least umabot sa korte, hindi man lang na-convict or what, natakil na sa korte? Yes, um, Judes, uh, besides Kian, there were a handful or at least there were a handful that we know na kung hindi man nakarating ng korte ay nakarating ng prosecutor. One is the case of Francisco Maneja um, who was shot uh, in an anti-drug operation in September. Tapos, uh, he played dead so, nung binaril siya ng police, sinasabi ng police kasi that uh, he was a target of a by-boss, tapos um, si, si Maneha yung unang nagpaputok ng barel. Nung pinaputokan siya, he played dead. Tapos, nung madami ng dumating na tao, saka siya humingi ng tulong. Um, kinasuhan ng police uh, si Maneha, which this is a trend that we see. Yung mga, even yung mga napatay nila, kinakasuhan nila for direct assault. Pero in the case of Maneha, he was alive at uh, nakarating sa Manila Regional Trial Court. And Maneha was found not guilty of um, drug charges kasi hindi naniwala yung korte na nahulihan talaga siya ng, ng, ng droga. At ang sinabi pa nga ng court, 
the court is not convinced that there was a legitimate by-bust operation which gave rise to the shooting incident. That was a remarkable case. It was uh, before Kian, or aside from Kian, it was, uh, it was a, one of the first few cases that belied a nanlaban narrative. Um, yung isa naman na win, pero ito sa ombudsman pa lang, yung mga kaso sa Tondo, um, ito yung mga nirepresent ng Rise Up. Kung naalala mo yung grupong Rise Up, sila rin yung mga lumapit sa International Criminal Court. Ito yung kaso ng isang epileptic na si Justin Lopez sa, sa Tondo. So yun, nung nakarating sila sa ombudsman, uh, nag, lab, nagbaba ng probable cause si ombudsman Samuel Martires na kasuhan ng murder yung mga bumarel kay Justin, not believing that nanlaban si Justin. Ito, tung tung kasong to, um, nakalkal kasi ng NUPL at ng Rise Up, lahat ng reports at nakita nila na ang daming conflicting information about Justin in the police reports. It will take a lot of effort to do that. Like, kailangan pa talaga, like, magkalkal, like what they did sa Ombudsman, magkalkal pa ng reports. At alam naman natin na hindi madaling magkalkal yeah. ng report. Kasi sa maraming kaso, wala namang mga report. Mm-hmm. So, on the surface level, sobrang dami na ng issue na nanlaban ng mga na narrative ng mga police. And uh, from what Lian said, napakahirap na i-challenge ito before the court kasi you will go all through the layers but why also trying to beat the system and also trying to stay alive because we know how the culture of impunity in the Philippines, the climate of fear, uh, and also given uh, yung mga police ay nasa communities then where the families live. So parang it leaves so, so little space for the families na to challenge yung narrative na to na, na, na bakit pinatayan kayo ng mga pamilya. But before we dive into more of this issue, let's listen to some rapper podcast overviews. Next time, huwag ninyo akong pariginigin ng revolution. Naku, Diyos ko. Yan ang mas delikado sa COVID. Kaya kung mag-revolution kayo, you will give me the free ticket to stage a counter-revolution. How I wish you would do it. Don't understand what President Rodrigo Duterte is saying? Want to know the story behind his words? Listen to Seat of Power, Rappler's political podcast about the Duterte presidency. Hosted by me, P. Renata, Rappler's Malacanang Beat Reporter. A lot of people, well, not much a lot, but I know that there are some people who would happily use I'm Polyamorous label to basically justify anything, mm-hmm. to justify sleeping around, to justify not committing, but that flies in the face naman of how we see it. It's my choice not to be a mother, but I'm not, it's not dissing on, mothers, dissing yeah. on motherhood, oh, about, on parenthood. It's like a purely person-to-person basis. Oh, oh. I'm Marguerite Leon, host of Rappler's I've Got an Opinion, where I speak to ordinary people who have a lot to say about extraordinary issues. Listen in every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Hi, welcome back to Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. I am Judas Gavilan and we're here with Lian Buwan and Rabo Talabong. Pinag-usapan namin yung nanlaban narrative ng mga police. Uh, from what I'm getting from the both of you, there seems to be like guidelines naman in place to counter the narrative na nanlaban and also may mga protocols dapat na sinusunod. Uh, Lian and Rambo, uh, why is it so easy that na, then for the police to always use this as an excuse? Ano ba yung main culprit na nakikita nyo behind this uh, narrative? Kung bakit nag-trive tong narrative na to uh, in the drug war of Duterte? Impunity. It's because konting-konti lang yung nakoconvict 
at konting-konti yung umaabot sa piskal and konting-konting-konti yung umaabot sa korte. So it gives um, policemen and state agents the confidence to just use the narrative kasi hindi naman tayo ma... Hindi tayo makukulong anyway. So, yeah. Mm. Rambo? I think we talked about this all, all the time, Jodes. Um, hindi natin pwedeng sabihin na agad-agad na it's because of Duterte. Mm. But then again, the Philippine National Police is you know, a fattened soil for a man who's willing to order people to kill. He was mayor for dozens of years and he understands how the police is a craft institution, is a flawed institution. He understood it completely that when he said that, okay, you can kill, I will defend you. They can kill and the president can defend them. And that has been happening for the past five years, which is why, again, it's astounding how, you know, the Justice Department and the government is willing to admit only now and to put enough effort only now to show that this institution is flawed, that these killings are all flawed. Itong nanlaban na sinasabi nila, talagang gas-gas na alam to ng mga abogado ng gobyerno, especially the president, na nanlaban ay questionable din kasi abogado siya, alam niya to. Prosecutor siya dati, alam niya to. Kaya... Talagang katawa-tawa, natatawa nga ako ngayon, pero sobrang nalolok ako sa nangyayari na ngayon lang ko nangyayari. Yeah. Parang kahit the most common person on the ground will know na mali yung parang hindi naman niniwala sa nanlaban. But then we see the supposedly educated people on the higher echelons of the government. Ngayon na narealize, di ba? Na parang ngayon na sila na himasmasan. For my next question, Yen and Rambo, uh, I should have asked you this sa beginning, pero I think this still counts. Uh, ano ba yung mali sa palaging paggamit ng laban defense? Uh, ano yung palaging paggamit ito? What could this lead to? Uh, uh, do you think na this would lead to like uh, kampanting mga police that they can go just kill anyone? Um, yeah, kasi I think it would lead to a template narrative for when they kill someone and probably would have used excessive force or just plainly murdered someone. And we see it expanding from nanlaban in a drug war to nanlaban in the anti-insurgency campaign, which is what we saw sa Bloody Sunday sa Calabarzon. Um, the narrative is these are armed combatants, allegedly, na nanlaban, therefore pinatay. So, di natin alam kung saan pa siya, saan pa siya pupunta, like, Ano pang klaseng operasyon sasabihin? And mind you, ah, um, sa drug war, it's by bus, it's tokhang and everything, and then nanlaban. Dito, search warrant, and yeah. then nanlaban. Na nag-evolve dati, nung, Decem- nung mga 2019 and December, nung Human Rights Day, search warrant, and then aarestuhin. Sa Calabarzon, search warrant, and then papatayin. So, um, we have seen it... Uh, seen it evolve and it compounds the fear of ano pa yung susunod na pretext or kampanya or context kung saan nila gagamitin yung nanlaban. Yeah. Uh, Rambo, what's the worst thing that you think could happen with this constant use of nanlaban as an excuse? It's already happening, Jutes. It's already in our vocabulary, itong nanlaban. Ang dami na nangyay. Ang dami na patay. Libo-libo na. We've already reported on this. And I mean, it's sad, I guess. Um, to frame this for 2022 na alis President Duterte, why is it that his legacy is this word, nanlaban, instead of drug rehab centers. Punta ako sa drug rehab center, marami ng mga na-reform na tao 
instead na taong nagbagong buhay sa drug war niya sa kanyang anti-drug campaign instead sa mga taong na isalba ang salitang kanyang iiwan ay nanlaban mga taong yeah. ay ng police kasi daw lumaban sa police para naging household parang name na yun nanlaban no na parang buzzword oo parang I, I hear kids saying that word everywhere na nanlaban patay parang yun parang it's so sad na killings have become like become like a common thing na in our society ngayon especially in a country which has na it prides itself for being a christian catholic country celebrating 500 years of spanish of christianity i-add ko lang ha, sa america there's this thing called suicide by cop in which kunyari ako um, i'm and this is a mental health trigger for all the listeners yeah if i am um, undergoing depression if i have if i am depressed and i want to kill myself but i can't bring myself i can't bring myself to kill myself ang gagawin ko i i will trigger or i will provoke the police i will um pretend to to take out my gun tapos it will it will trigger the police to shoot me first and that's called in the us as suicide by cop so gusto mong mag-suicide pero yung police mo, yung police na lang ang ipapatay mo sa and there are many cases like that in the us samantalang dito hindi siya suicide by cop it's um i don't know what to call it pero if you remember si um as Yiragos, si yung soldier na schizophrenic, hindi naman niya gustong mag-suicide. Um, he was schizophrenic, but he was found outside when there were quarantine rules na bawal kang lumabas. And yet, pinatay pa rin siya, supposedly, kasi daw may bubunutin siya. Yeah. In, in the US, yan yung ano eh, that's the, that's the usual picture of suicide by cop. Whereas in here, contrast, hindi naman siya mag-suicide pero pinatay pa rin siya. Yeah. And also parang it shows talaga na uh, hindi mo alam kung mali lang ba ang training ng mga police. Hindi sila marunong mag-neutralize na ma-ice. Like, di ba, parang incapacitate mo yung isang yeah. uh, alleged violent suspect, babarili mo sa paa, or uh, yung mga napalad sa TV na patama ang baril para mawala sa kamay niya yung baril at para masabdo niyo. Pero ngayon dito, patay agad eh. And many bullets Yeah. Um, and many bullets, ha? Parang hindi pa ba sapat yung isa? Yeah. Kailangan mong tatluhin? Yun nga, parang may next question nga. Kasi CHR, nag-release siya na statement last week following yung uh, killings sa Calabarzon na sinabi niya na parang basically uh, similar to sa mga case na investigate namin. Shows na mga, sa cases na mga investigate nila ng mga nalaban cases, parang there was like excessive use of strength and intent to kill talaga for the non-laban, alleged non-laban cases. May mga injuries daw talaga nagpakita na talagang gustong pumatay ng mga perpetrators sa mga police. Uh, gusto ko rin tanongin, Rambo, how is this determined ba itong non-laban? Can, parang meron ba mga specific injuries na nagpapakita na either hindi talaga non-laban yung person or may excessive force na ginamit ang police beyond the usual force to stalk, uh, neutralize or incapacitate a suspect to this wala as in sasabihin lang ng police na okay nang laban siya so ayan ibabato yun nabanggit ka ni Lian yung presumption of regularity we have to believe them yun ang sasabihin nila kailangan natin pakapakinggan sila kasi sila yun nandun nandun uh-huh. sa police report nandun sa kanilang black and white at nandun sa kanilang blotter na nang laban daw itong tao na ito 
At syempre, it's their, their word, the police's word, against a dead person's word. Na wala naman, hindi siya makapagsalita. At dahil nga na-clear nga yung area, wala yung pamilya, wala yung neighbor, um, wala CCTV. It's the police's word yeah. becoming truth. Yun talaga, nanlaba na daw. Pero ito nga, Judith, there is opportunity for the Philippine National Police, for all the people in power, for this nanlaban word to still be salvaged. Kasi hindi naman siya intrinsically wrong. Eh. Kung nangyari talagang panlalaban, kung talagang merong intent to kill and drug suspect, okay, sige, pwede i-defend ng police. But kailangan ipakita, di ba? Paano to gagawin? Body cameras. Police oh. recording all their operations para may ipakita na, oh, ito, kitang-kita yung drug suspect. May intent to kill, nakatutok na sa ulo ko. Pero na talagang masama mangyayari, kaya pinaril ko siya. Pwede nilang sabihin yun. Pero... Nang ako sila magkaroon ng body camera three years ago pa, PNP Bato de la Rosa pa sa PNP, senador na si, si Bato de la Rosa, wala pa rin body camera sa PNP. Kaya kung gusto man nilang gamitin yung nalaban, nalaban excuse at alibi or ito talaga nalaban defense, kailangan nilang bigyan din ng pagkakataon ng mga tao na maniwala sa kanila. Mm-hmm. And I remember yan in our last podcast, we talk about yung speech ni Guevara sa UN and we talk about yung paraffin test. Mm-hmm. Parang uh, lagi sinabi ni ano na hindi raw nagparaffin test yung mga uh, yung mga pulis, hindi pinaraffin test yung mga nabiktima ng mga namatay na suspect. Uh, Rambo, ito bang paraffin test? Ito nung ba yung way nila to see if talagang nagputok ng baril yung pinatay niya na suspect at par with international standards kasi I've always seen on Twitter ang uh, ng mga commentaries from si Dr. Fortune ang former forensic uh, expert natin sa Philippines na parang may problema sa forensic system sa Philippines kaya parang it's easy to parang it's easy na na hindi or sorry it's easy na hindi i-put under examination kung talaga ba nanlaban yung person kasi there are sci- there's supposed to be science uh, behind sa pag-analyze kung talaga ba nagpaputok ng baril ang suspect na to or what pero hindi ata siya ginagawa exactly exactly Judas. and the sad thing about this Judas, is that we all deserve we all deserve good investigation when it comes to killing when it comes to deaths this is the Philippine medical legal system that um, a lot of lawyers are advocating for as well. Pero wala tayong maayos sistema. But it is a privilege. And even in, in, in for people who, who were actually killed at saka sinuwerte lang, sasabihin nila, na nakover ng media, at saka lang sila nagkakaroon ng paratin test, saka yeah. lang nagkakaroon ng DNA test. Pero yung libo-libong nangyari na, karamihan dyan walang mga DNA test, karamihan dyan walang paratin test. Talagang salita lang na, ng pulis ang inaharap sa publiko. Ito lang yung basehan ng mga media reports. Um, aside from our justice system, it, it, this this system that we we don't even have is of course compromising any ways to justice. I mean, imagine the Philippine National Police. Almost 200,000 sila. They're all ordered by the president, go kill drug suspects. Yeah. Kung bahala sa inyo, presumption of regularity. And imagine, ilan ang medical legal experts natin. Like, isa lang, di ba? Nadalawa oh. lang pala. Si, si, si Dr. Fortuna at saka isa pa sa, sa Quezon City. They're, they're both in the same um, region. So, paano yung mga tao pa sa ibang bahagi ng Pilipinas? How's their access to good investigation? And naka, nakipag-usap tayo sa mga lawyers na talagang ininvestigahan ito. Ang sabi nila, nagmamarunong na lang daw minsan ng mga doktor ng probinsya kasi hindi nila makulang gagawin. Gagamitin na rin nila yung 
yung sinasabi ng police, okay, most likely talagang namatay talaga ang taong to kasi wala naman silang pagbabasehan kundi yung salita lang talaga ng oh. police. So, butas na butas talaga tayo dito, Jodes. At nakakalungkot isipin na konting-konti lang ina-investiga na sin- siguro isang patak lang sa sobrang daming tao eh. And I remember yung nangyari recently sa Calabarzon activist, ba? Like, uh, may mga incidents na nagkakahirapan kunin yung bodies ng victims na syempre ipapa-autopsy to see yung extent ng injuries. Pero parang binablock ng mga police or hindi hinahayaan. Kaya, certihan na lang if you get like a good uh, autopsy like what happened. Pag ginadala sa PGH, kasi doon ang magandang uh, experts natin sa PGH. But, uh, then, if paano if yung mga sa probinsya na walang access sa ganito, na the usual bullets the head, you know, na hindi makita extent ng, um, yung ganitong level pala ng injuries niya shows, uh, shows na may intent to kill, may excessive power, na hindi siya enough to, like, to, parang gusto talagang pumatay ng police dahil base, base sa mga injuries niya. Hindi siya, hindi na gano'n, walang gano'n chance yung mga victims sa outside Manila na walang access sa either hindi high profile yung case or walang connections. Exactly. So, parang, for my next question, uh, siguro in the context of the Calabarzon activists na nangyari na, yun nga sabi ni Rian kanina, search warrant and then nanlaban. So, in the context of the anti-terror law, Rian and Rambo, uh, outside of the drug war, of course, what makes this nanlaban narrative dangerous pa? And, uh, ayun, like, how do you see this spilling over to the other uh, programs or other policies of the government that is anti-people, very murderous, very violent? Um, sa ngayon, ang talagang, um, ang talagang compounded concern or fear is yung the use of a search warrant. Kasi yung, ano eh, yung kasing by-bust and tokhang, that's very confined to to drug war or yung ibang other crime where there would be a need to buy bust and that would be very limited eh kasi kailangan mong kailangan mo ng, ng kailangan mo ng may ibabust kailangan mo ng may ibabuy yeah. bust and if you want to arrest naman in the cases of arrest um you need to have a warrant of arrest signed by a judge and that takes a long time kasi dadaan ka sa fiscal dadaan ka sa judge and everything. So that's very confined to the drug war. What's dangerous now is yung search warrant and in the context of the anti-terror law and the anti-insurgency campaign and uh, in the wake of the killings of activists in Calabarzon, there's a fear na pwede na lang gamitin as weapon yung search warrant. Kasi nakita naman natin the, the police applied for 63 and 63 search warrants from the Manila RTC alone and nabigyan sila ng 42. So, sino yung 63 yung isa-search? Parang, oh. <laughs> sino-sino yung mga yan? So, kapag, uh, in the context of the anti-terror law, and kapag nabigyan pa ng more power ang state agents to go after what they perceive, who they perceive as communists, ba, ilan, ilan pa yung isa-search nila, ba? Paano kung ma-target din ng journalists like what happened to I.C. Salem? So, yun yung nakakatakot na parang sino yung susunod na tatargetin nitong search warrant and sino yung posibleng masabihang ng laban. And parang ano, no, they introduced siya in a way kasi it's being used in line with anti-insurgency campaign ng presidente which uh, assumes like in your, uh, na armado itong mga 
NPA kasi no NPA kasi no combatant so may baril sila arms sila may mga granada pa nga sabi di ba so parang it it's so easy to justify na baka nanlaban talaga tong mga uh, uh, target ng search warrant na to kahit na sabihin na they're, na they're not armed combatants they're just activists Judas, yun ng schizophrenic na sundalo na lumabas lang during a quarantine ng laban eh. What more against the perceived enemies who they want to call as terrorists? Mm-hmm. A case that I wanted to visit now is yung case ng um, shootout daw with the Calbayog City Mayor Ronaldo Aquino. Mm-hmm. Oh. Imagine, ang report ng unang, ng unang report ng police ay inambush daw si Mayor Tapos biglang, days later, shootout pala. Nanlaban daw pala si Mayor. Imagine, nagsimula sa ambush, ambush daw. Oh. Pala, police pala yung nandun. Tapos, syempre, nandun yung police. Sabi nila, ah, hindi ambush. Nanlaban si Mayor. Nagkaroon ng shootout. So, this is so, this is something new, even. And that's some, that's what nanlaban was before. Bago lang yung nanlaban dati, pero... Alam mo yung basta gagamitin nila yung kung ano sinasabi ng police. Oh. Ano yung convenience sa kanila. At hindi natin matanong kasi wala namang tao doon makapagsabi, di ba? Police yeah. lang talaga nila magsasabi. At syempre, patay si Mayor. Wala makakapagsabi na para sa kanya. Mm-mm. So, saan tayo pupunta ngayon? At Mayor yun ha. Paano pang ordinaryong Pilipino? Yes. And parang uh, no one is safe under President Duterte talaga. Wala na. So, for my last question, medyo baka mahirap to or in the context we're operating now, baka mahirap. Pero, how do you see or how can we fix the system itself para hindi na maging vulnerable sa pag-abuse ng police, sa paggamit ng uh, defense ng laban? Siguro, I want to ask Rambo first for the police and then Lian for the justice system. Judas, ang laking tanong naman yan. Parang sagot-sagot para sagotin namin. Parang kailangan itanong sa mga tatakbo pagka-presidente. Sorry <laughs> lang po ako, Judas. Pero ano ba, siyempre talagang babalik tayo sa kung ano ba dapat ang polis, ano ba dapat ang gagawin ng polis to defend and to protect. Sa barang basic, I mean, the, the reason why we're still covering this is we're hoping, we're still hoping that there are good cops, really. There are cops that who can point out na mayroong maling nangyayari sa police force. Mga police na tama ang ginagawa. Ayang expose itong mga corrupt, itong mga bad eggs. Um, we still report on this. We still try to do it um, para mas maging maayos ang police. At syempre, umaasa rin tayo ng mga politiko, mga taong makapangyarihan, ng mga taong sinusundan ng police ay alam kung ano talaga ang dapat gawin sa batas. Pero ayun nga ngayon, ang Pangulo natin, sinasabi, okay lang daw pumatay. So, anong gagawin ng police? Diba, patay sila. At yeah. Sabi nga ni Pangulo, ide-defend niya. Siyempre, sasabihin nila, okay, it's, it's, it should be following the law. Siyempre, sasabihin nila, okay, we're following the law according to the president. Pero ayun niya, ang dami pa rin namamatay at ang dami pa rin kailangang investigahan. Uh, um, Siyempre, yung bias ko nasa courts talaga or if you call it bias or contempt <laughs> for, the, for the judiciary. Kasi naniniwala talaga ako na the culture of impunity will be addressed by a stronger justice system. And I know sobrang gas-gas na gas-gas ng ano yan, topic. Parang I've lost count of the many ways that we've said and we've bemoaned a broken justice system. Pero ganun talaga eh. At ang ano pa dyan, it's not broken because it's broken because it's corrupt or very dirty or you know, very 
inherently evil yung sistema. It's sometimes it's more just walang enough prosecutors, walang enough judges, walang enough pau lawyers. Mm-mm. Ang pangit ng mga korte, wala nang naniniwala, ang bagal-bagal ng mga hearing, ang bagal-bagal ng mga trial. So, minsan, um, it's just a logistical flow na hindi natin alam kung kailan ma-fix. So, for me, a strong solution to this would be a stronger justice system also. And in the context of what's happening now, siguro magandang tignan yung kailangan protektahan yung mga abogado Mm-mm. dahil marami na sa kanila yung namamatay. Kailangan protektahan yung mga huwest kasi nare-red tag sila. And kailangan i-insulate yung judiciary from politics kasi kailangan magkaroon tayo ng isang klaseng setup where judges and justices feel that they could be as independent as possible without any repercussion to their survival on the bench. Uh, what will it take to do those things, Lian? Hirap <laughs> naman. Um, frankly, good leadership. Oh. Uh, yun lang. <laughs> uh, a better leadership to to uh, to strengthen institutions. And would you think na that could be happen anytime soon? or medyo hindi ka na umaasa? Ang hirap talaga ng tanong mo. <laughs> I invoke my right against self-incrimination. <laughs> Siguro, no, let the let the court speak. Um, the Supreme Court um, still deliberating on the war on drugs and the constitutionality on the war on drugs. The ICC is on track to deciding whether there's cause to investigate crimes of humanity here in the Philippines. So, um, without answering your question, <laughs> I will just say that um, I am looking forward to what the courts will say. Okay. So, let's look forward together kung anong gagawin ng, gov- ng korte ngayon and ng police. Kasi we're seeing na, I remember my tweet si... Uh, isang isang justice sa Twitter na may ginagawa naman daw sila. Hindi so, sila yeah, don't assume that yeah. oh. just because we're not saying anything does that mean that we're doing nothing. So, but, oh. yun, yeah, let's see. Yeah, ibang usapan yung implementation on the ground. So, uh, ang heavy-heavy na naman ang topic natin, pinag-usapan natin. But at least, yung last question, maybe, hopefully, uh, justices are listening. <laughs> Nakikinig yung justice or there are good cops listening to this podcast that can... Ramboy, send mo kasi sa mga police <laughs> podcast link para makinig sila. So, thank you, Lian and Rambo, for joining me today and for explaining to us itong nanlaban defense ng mga police and ano ba yung mga nuances sa system and ano ba yung possible na ways para ma-change para hindi na, hindi na vulnerable yung system sa ganitong defense. Ang masasabi ko lang dyan, Judes, ay para mapalawig pa ang usapan, makinig din sila ng kriminal podcast ni Rambo Talabon. Found so, on Rappler Platform. So yun, baka next, I think nag-tackle na kayo ng ganito, no? ng mga, I think Rambo, the PDEA and PNP operations, and Lian, the lawyer killings, no? Yeah. So looking forward tayo sa pag-tackle mo na tong uh, case justice system and the, <laughs> the the most recent episode up now is 
how to investigate the drug war. So they should listen to that. Yon. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rappler and Newsbreak sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rappler Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email at investigative at rappler.com. Again, I am Jales Gavilan and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. Thank <laughs> you.